Hi, listeners. Katie and I wanted to let you all know that last week we went silent and didn't publish an episode in order to spend time educating ourselves in light of the death of George Floyd. We pre-recorded these next two episodes and are publishing them now as we work on crafting future episodes on all the recent events that have taken place here in the U.S. Katie and I always aim to create meaningful and intentional content to give our listeners. So thank you for your patience and thank you for listening. This week, we're breaking down all the popular personality tests, tendencies, etc. <laughs> um, and really going to talk about when they're helpful, if they're helpful, if they're not helpful, and what we can do with them. Welcome to the Imperfect Millennials, a weekly podcast by two perfectly imperfect millennial sisters. We tackle work, health, relationships, and spirituality, and we hope that each week you're able to take away at least one tip or trick that makes your life a little better. If you like what you hear, consider sharing with friends or writing a review. You can find us at the Imperfect Millennials on Instagram and even email us with thoughts or episode suggestions at hello at theimperfectmillennials.com. Let's get started. So today we're talking for temperaments, Meyer-Briggs, 16 personalities, Enneagrams, Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. I love this episode. All, all of the above, right? <laughs> I love this, I think partially because, you know, as someone who studies psycho- studied psychology for, you know, six years of my life, I think um, these come up a lot. Yeah. I think even like as a teacher, we talk a lot about these with the kids at times being like, okay, what's your tendency or what's your temperament, right? What are you doing? And I think they can be really, really good tools for learning more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think they can be really good tools. I also like, I remember for a while I had a really hard time with Myers-Briggs because that one, unlike the other ones, was designed and created by two psychologists It was a personality. It was an assessment. It was a test. And so, obviously, the one that all of us are taking, like, the, you know, 25 questions online is not how it was designed or created. It's not how it was meant to be interpreted. So, I think, you know... They kind of dumbed it down. Yeah, I was like, this is not what it's supposed to be. (laughs) But there's still a lot of merit in what I would call these pop psychology um, assessments, You know, it's interesting, as we're just sitting here talking about this, I'm remembering that in college, uh, I had a job on campus. It was like an event planning, whatever. And they made us arrive early one year uh, before this school year started. And we all had to do take the Meyer-Briggs test, Mm. but the actual like paper one where you're like filling it all out and stuff like that. And then we got our results and we talked to our result with our uh, supervisor. And then we met as a team to discuss our results and then discuss what everyone else had to learn how best to work with people who had different personalities and all of that. Um, Which, and and I know one of our sisters, they did that. They do that too. Um, I don't think with Myers-Briggs, but with something similar as each new employee comes in and then they have like a team meeting to kind of work through, okay, what does it mean to have this kind of team member Mm -hmm. on our team? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about that is the fact that, and I think we say this in almost every episode, the more you know yourself, the better you'll be. Yeah. And that that's taking into consideration your strengths and your weaknesses as this entire self. And I think that's the beauty 
or the potential that these tests give, that they give you an insight to yourself, maybe even in a way that you weren't able to express before. Yeah. And I love it too, because I think they, we don't know ourselves well, right? Like Mm -hmm. we think we know ourselves well, but, but we don't always, and we don't Mm -hmm. really know necessarily what, why we do the things we do or why we react the way that we react. And these tests kind of help us understand ourselves a little bit better Mm -hmm. and they can be really important tools to Mm self-discovery. Yeah. I remember one time I was on a date and I (laughs) asked a guy what his Myers-Briggs was. Because I just, I don't know. I was like, I, I didn't know what to ask him. And, and it was sort of this awkward. (laughs) So like out of nowhere, I was like, so what's your Myers-Briggs? And he was, he literally looked at me and said, seriously. Uh, And I was like, I mean, yeah, I because th- I think that it can be a good conversation piece. Yeah, this is reminding me of... And I think of... it can't, but I, it just, I don't know, maybe it was my delivery. <laughs> we have this mutual friend, Mary Jo, who loves having that conversation and yes. literally will be like out to dinner and she'll be like, wait, let's talk about our Myers-Briggs again and like, let's talk about what that it. means and... It can be really good conversation starters. I mean, if the person knows what their <laughs> personality is and and wants to talk about it. Well, and I think that's, I guess, sort of my first tip in taking any of these. Whether it's the four temperaments, whether it's an Enneagram. I think we need someone else to help us through the process. Yeah. You take the test and maybe you, like process the results with someone else or you check in and you're like I don't know like this was so interesting and someone goes no you do that all the time and you're like oh oh shoot I do okay right um well and I think too like the tests are so they're so vague right because they're trying to assess every person right on the planet who would want to take it and so sometimes you're like uh I don't know I I guess I do that. Mm. I I don't know if I do that. And the other person can look and be like, oh, you totally do that. Or you don't do that at all. Mm -hmm. You're reading the question wrong or you're Mm. seeing it in a different light. Yeah. So I do think it it can be really helpful to take it with another person or discuss the results with another person who knows you very well, Mm -hmm. who can say, oh no, you know what? I don't think that's what you are. Right. Exactly. Um, Because I think it also gives you the taker some more, um, I want to say, like, power in... I think some people can sort of take these and think they're the be-all, end-all. Yeah, I think that's one of the downfalls of these, for sure. And so I think if you're not checking in with someone else, you could be like, wait a minute, I'm this person, and I... That that's what I need to be when maybe that's actually not true or or maybe your behavior manifests a little differently than the example the test gave you. Um, And so checking in with someone else, I think it's a reality check for that test and, and sort of, uh, the power you give it in your life, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I do think one of the great dangers of these, and I think it's true of all of them, is that we can box ourselves Mm. Mm -hmm. and we can box other people in as well. We're like, oh, well, you're a, Mm -hmm. you're a rebel. So therefore blah, 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 or whatever. Or excuse behavior. That's not okay. Exactly. (laughs) And so I think we, you want to be really careful. I, I, I tell this to my students all the time, right? That like, we don't want to live in a world in which we're constantly putting people into boxes, right? Like people and their personalities are just, I mean, each person is just such a beautiful, unique individual that to just box people in and be like, oh, well, therefore you're an upholder or, mm-hmm. oh, therefore you're a choleric and whatnot. Like, it's just not doing justice to the to the vast richness of yes. humanity, I think. Right. Oh, I really like how you said that because I think, yeah, these tests probably don't take into consideration 
I think, the extent of human freedom and our ability to change and grow. Right. Um, you know, because e- even in the words, like, temperament and personality technically are different. If you're actually going to study what those two things are, your temperament is something you're born with. And your parents probably told you, like, oh, we knew from the day you were born that you were X, Y, Z. That's a temperament. And technically, temperaments don't change. It's what you're born with. It's it's your tendency, right? Whereas personality is something that we grow into. It takes into consideration our family culture, the culture you grew up in, societal pressures, so on and so forth. And so the fact that, you know, like, you can take these two things that technically mean something different, but have them say the same thing, to me is like, you know, you can't put all of, all of your weight in that or think, well, this is who I am and this is how I was born, so... I don't need to improve. I can continue to be a mm-hmm. rebel and break well, all the rules. <laughs> and I think that's the second, what can be downfall of all of these things is that we can use them to justify behavior. Right. Um, that's not okay. You know where I hear this the most, actually, and this is not what we're talking about today, but I just thought, like, people who are really into, like, astrology, and they're like, oh, that's such a Pisces. I'm yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, what? Like, that, that's not okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, but I feel like... People can do the same thing of being like, well, I mean, they're an ISTP, whatever, and yeah. so that's so them. Right. Well. And I, well, and I think that's exactly, um, that's exactly it. And I think the same with, like, the Virgo or all of those. Kind of, it's the same kind of <laughs> idea, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're born under a certain sign and therefore you act a certain way. Like, okay, but if that behavior is not okay behavior that yes. doesn't justify it if you're a Leo. Yes. You're not like, oh, well, I'm a Leo, so therefore, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Like, yeah. that doesn't make it okay. Well, and I think I like, <clears throat> what I like about these <clears throat> is their growth potential, I want to say, or their, the potential for them to provide a lot of insight into your life and how you can grow or change or play to your strengths. Because I think we have to play with the cards we were dealt. Yeah. And so, yeah, okay, maybe you tend to be a cynic or a negative Nelly. Well, like, okay, not giving into that, how do I play to that, right? Right. Maybe I need to be more aware that I'm often negative. And maybe that wasn't brought to my attention until, you know, I took one of these tests and I was like, huh. I think, too, this can even help us figure out, like, whether to take a certain job or not. Mm. Right? When we're like, okay, well, like these are the the things that I need in order to excel in yeah. a job, right? Yeah. In order to really succeed and feel fulfilled. Right. And these kind of tests will help you realize that. And then you take a look at this maybe job you're offered and be like, oh, like this is not hitting those main mm-hmm. things that I need, mm-hmm. right? In order to do this. This is also making me think. So in our family, um, it started after I had already been to college, but in junior year in high school, my mm-hmm. dad would take everybody downtown and they would do this Johnson O'Connor Johnson O'Connor test. Um, they have them in a lot of major cities now in the U.S., but basically they test all your natural aptitudes and then they come back with to you and they say, okay, like here are your main three things that you are. Like for instance, like I was I tested really high in spatial awareness. Um, and so then it tells you, like, the types of jobs you could have mm-hmm. and the types of jobs you probably shouldn't have based on your natural-born abilities. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was just a really interesting thing. Yeah. Like, for me, too, because, like, I'm such an introvert. But one of... Part of that test was, like, while you're an introvert, you actually need to be in some kind of job in which you do have interaction with other people. Mm. And for a long time, I was like, no, that's not true. 
And now I see that very much true. Like, I do like to work alone. I do like to be in my own office or sitting in Panera. But, like, I like to sit in Panera surrounded by people working alone. Right. But I don't like to have a boss. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think what that does is that, I mean, we say this time and time again, that, like, our mind often tricks us. Or, Katie, as you said, we don't really know ourselves that well. Or we think we know we need Whereas, you know, an introvert might say, well, I don't need to be around people, but you actually do, but in a different way than an extrovert might. Right. And so the more you know yourself, the better you're able to be like, oh, actually, no, it would be really great if I actually worked from a Starbucks today instead of staying home and working or whatever it may be so mm-hmm. that I can still fulfill that need while staying true to m- myself or what I'm inclined to. Right. Yeah, and that's why I think these things are so cool, because they tell you, like, the four tendencies, for instance, right? Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. They talk about, like, what... The point of them is what's going to get you to do an action or not do an action, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's the whole... That's the whole point behind it. Well, that can be really helpful. You know, if you're trying to lose weight or learn a new language... Right. If you know what's going to push you and what's not... Right. It's going to be a lot easier for you to learn a language. Right. You know, or for you to lose that weight. And oftentimes, I think, unprompted, we don't step back and take this analytical look at our lives and the choices we've made and ask ourselves, what's the pattern? Or why did I make those choices? Or what was the motivation? Or what was the fear in that? It's not until there's something that prompts us that we look back and say, oh, <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense why three years ago I made this decision instead of that one. I, oh, there's that insight. Um, and so I think these tests hold that potential for us to be really reflective in the choices that we've made and then proactive about the choices we're going to make in the future. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense, you know, I think. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking like, I think it's a, well, it definitely is a trend now on Instagram that people in their bios either write what their Meyer-Briggs is or what their Enneagram is. Cracks me up. And I have to say, I think it's kind of ridiculous because like, that's not going to make me want to work with you more. Like, oh, perfect. Like, oh, oh, thank God. She's a four wing five. (laughs) Yes, exactly what I want. I don't know. But I do find it really interesting that we, this is going back to like boxing ourselves in, but like Mm. we feel like we need to, or actually I think it goes more towards our need for identity and like we need to be able to identify ourselves and make it very clear so other people can understand who we are. Mm -hmm. And so we allow ourselves to kind of be boxed into like, well, I'm a Enneagram seven. And, like, I'm boxing myself into that corner by putting it on my bio. Interesting. I don't know. That, that's just a totally random tangent that I'm bringing up. But I think it's kind of an interesting thing that we I, have started doing that now. Right. But I think, you know, to what you're speaking about is the potential for these to be very restrictive. Mm-hmm. You know, and sort of boxing us in. Or, or therefore, excluding others because, you know, if like, I can't work with them because they're, like, this, this, or that. Instead of... Learning to work with people different from you. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And being flexible on that. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, I think that's very much our culture today, though. Sort of. Just, it's very, like, what is your identity? What are the identities you hold? And what does that mean? And And I think we go far beyond the words that we're able to express about our identity. Right. And I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a basic human need, is to be able to identify ourselves and Mm. say... I mean, and kind of categorize ourselves in some ways it's, and so that we can relate to others and so that others can relate to ourselves. But again, I think, you know, humanity is vast mm-hmm. and each person is so unique. I still think there's something really cool about 
or just really important about feeling seen and understood. You mm-hmm. know, because, like, when you see those things or, like, there's a lot of Instagram pages with people who, like, all they do is post, like, funny things about, you know, Enneagrams. I'm like, oh, yeah. type eights, this is what's in your backpack. And I'm like, oh, yes, that is what's in my backpack. And there's something kind of cool about that being, like... Like, I am understood and, like, I am seen or, like, other people's, like, there's something that I think fills and fuels this need of belonging Mm -hmm. and community and understanding, Um, not only, like, for us to another, but, like, other people, oh, my gosh, like, I I am seen Mm -hmm. and people... That's exactly how I am. Yeah, it's Kind true. of a thing. Yeah, know? yeah. I do follow this person on Instagram who, like, every week comes up with a new, like, collection of each of the Enneagram oh um, gosh, types. <laughs> and then writes, you know, like, during Corona, you're probably feeling, if you're a type 1, blah, blah, blah. If you're a type 2, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Anyway, and I'm always like, this is so intriguing. That's and, so like, funny. mine are always spot on. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And then I read some of the others and I'm like, what the? Who does Someone's this? Someone's that? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. But it also, I think... I think it, too, can help us so much in our relationships with others when we step back and think, like, okay, I am whatever. I am an INTS, or that's not a thing, INTP, Mm. right? And, but she is not, or he is not. Mm -hmm. My spouse is not, right? My best friend is not. My sibling is not. And I need to make adjustments of my expectations, right? Or the way that I react or or the things that I say, because they don't think the same way right. I do. They don't react the same. I, while I was living in Boston, I, I was living with, there, there were three of us living in an apartment at one time. And if my old roommates are listening, hello. <laughs> but we had sort of, at one point, and they will agree, we hit sort of a rough patch. And we just, we needed to have like a roommate meeting and being like, what's going on and how can we better support each other? Yeah. And actually what we ended up doing was we, we all sort of did a Myers-Briggs and we talked about like, this is my tendency to have this reaction when this happens and this is this so that we could better understand. Cause I was, I was living with people who were, who were quite honestly, the three of us were very opposite. Um, and so I didn't understand a reaction to something or I didn't, and which causes tension when you're living with people who Mm -hmm. react to a situation differently than you, that causes a lot of tension. But what was really helpful was it allowed this space to have a conversation about our needs and our strengths and our weaknesses, and then how we can support each other, Mm -hmm. um, in whatever it may be. And honestly, like our living arrangement just got better after that because we had a better understanding of. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because it's very easy for us to forget that not everybody reacts the same way we do. Not Mm -hmm. everybody thinks the same way we do. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is motivated by the same things we're motivated Mm by. Like we just, I mean, I'm sure that's part of human nature, right? That we just assume everybody's like us. Yeah. And then it's so frustrating when whatever, right? Like for instance, like I'm pretty orderly and I think like things go in certain places and they don't go in other places. And like in my house, if the the lids for the pans are not in the drawer where the lids for the pans go, like it drives me batty, batty. And for the longest time I would get like so upset. I was like, why can't just put the, just put the lids back where they belong? Like, why can't you do that? But then I realized afterwards, like, okay, but if you grew up in a house in which there was no order, right, you, you don't know about that. Or if you are, if your head is like always in the clouds and you're always like contemplating deep philosophical things, 
you're probably not paying attention to where the lids go. No. <laughs> and I'm not contemplating deep philosophical things. I'm putting the lids where they go. Right. And that person is probably looking at you thinking, like, loosen up. Yeah, because like, oh she have a deeper thought? Like, like I just want to hand, like, my God, it's not all about right. rules and order. Exactly. And you're over here, like, twitching. I'm like, I mean, <sighs> just put it away. Right. And so I think there's that opportunity to... That's kind of what I really like about the Enneagram is that when you take that online, it actually gives you an opportunity to, it like shows your type and then you can click on all of the other numbers and see like the strength of that relationship. And mm-hmm. then you also have an opportunity to see like the weakness in that relationship. Like, okay, here's how an eight and a four are going to get along and here's why. And then here's where you're not going to get along. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it just, what it, what it does is it, I don't know. It sort of opens up that conversation and I think it sort of sheds some light on things. I also think it does. I personally am a confrontational person. Uh I have no problem having a difficult conversation with someone or expressing my opinion. Um, And so, but I have to realize that other people don't or other people maybe struggle to find the words to express themselves or what they're feeling or some people have a hard time expressing why they're feeling what they're feeling right. or even knowing that. And so I think this allows these personality tests and all this, this allows people the vocabulary mm-hmm. and a way to like discuss and express and understand. Yeah. yeah. I am not confrontational whatsoever. <laughs> One of the times when I was seeing the therapist, we, she had this like list of things, like questions that you had to say, like whether you would, what you would do in these various situations. And literally I went through and was like, nothing. 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 I would do nothing. Ooh, I might say something to her. Maybe. Nothing. And she was like, oh my gosh, you are like the least confrontational person ever. And I was like, yeah, literally. She's like, so if somebody cut in line in front of you in Starbucks and ordered 20 drinks, you would say nothing. And I was like, yeah, I would say nothing. And she was like, wow. Wow. But anyway. But- like, I'm sitting here like, <laughs> oh, I'll... Oh, I'll go to bat for you. Well, that's like if it didn't even happen to me, I would be like, did you just do that to that person? Like that, even if I wasn't cut, I would sit there and be like, that was the rudest thing you could have done. Like, I don't like when people are so rude. Very rarely. This year, year, actually, I went up to one of my students and like she had done something rude in class and I had like pointed that out to her. And afterwards I was like twitching. I was like, I can't (laughs) believe I did that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the poor girl, she like totally shell shocked. And I was like, I'm really sorry. But really, you need to hand in your assignment. (laughs) Like, what? That's hilarious. Yeah. So, that can be a whole other episode, confrontational versus (laughs) non-confrontational. And what we do that. And the pros and cons to each, because it's not always a good thing to be confrontational. Yeah, yeah. We definitely could do a whole other. Um, You know, but sort of circling back, I think these are really great. And they're also... um, They're not the be-all, end-all. I think that's sort of the summary of what we're trying to say here. Um, Yeah. Like, I think take them. Mm, Yeah. Know yours. Right? But take them all with a grain of salt. And be like, okay, this... And I think... And a a lot of people will disagree with this. But I do think these things can change over over time. I agree. And I, I think almost all of them can change over time. I always tell people this, but like, I... So I'm super introverted, but I was really introverted no guys as like, a child really introverted. right we've talked about this before but like I cried having to go get donuts for the family when I was a kid and like I in seventh grade had to call one of the girls in my class who I had been going to school with for now well like a year and a half 
to tell her that I could attend her birthday party. <laughs> and um, I refused to make the phone call. And, like, refused, refused, wanted my mom to make the phone call. And finally, they, my parents were like, you can't have dinner until you make the phone call. <laughs> and I didn't eat till, like, 9 o'clock at night. Went to bed hungry. <laughs> I, like, I almost went to bed hungry. Um, so... If I would have taken the four, I did take the four temperaments test when I was in high school and choleric would never, ever have been anywhere on the list. Like maybe it was like, I probably got like two things in the choleric (laughs) column and all the rest, but like now I take it and I'm definitely much more choleric. Um, so I think these things can change Mm -hmm. with time, with situations, with circumstances. Also, as we come into our own, I think they can change too. So to not think that these are set in stone and... We're locked into, I don't know, this personality type that maybe we don't like or maybe we don't actually want to be this. When you took yours on sort of all these that we have listed here, when you, when you took them, were there any results where you were like, oh, damn, (laughs) I don't, I hate that. Um, I, I mean, in high school, I definitely didn't want to be introverted. Mm. I think it has taken me a really long time to be okay with the fact that I'm introverted and that's an okay thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still sometimes see that as like, what, like when I take Myers-Briggs, obviously like I'm an I cause I'm introverted, not extroverted. Um, and still I'm like, mm. like I, I sometimes think that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to like, it's neither bad nor good. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And then I have to learn how to flourish as an introvert. Yeah. Right? And the same way with an extrovert. They got to learn how to flourish as an extrovert. Well, I think, um, like, when I took mine, I think because I have a very um, bold personality, Uh um, I think there are a lot of very, like, extroverted negatives to it. Where, like, Uh, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in social situations or, like, whatever, it could be, like, you know hogging the attention or coming across as intimidating or, and those are things that I really, really hate. And so, you know, I think I, I took a lot of these and I was like, there was always something about it that I, that I didn't like about myself. Um, but I think what that does is that allows room for, you know, the potential to grow. And that's sort of what Katie Mm -hmm. was saying is that these don't have to be set in stone. And so sort of, these can be used as benchmarks to, to sort of say, okay, I don't necessarily like that about myself and I want to grow. Or even to say, why don't I like that about myself? And is it because I don't want to be that person or society tells me that's not a great thing. Society is run by like extroverts, (laughs) right? Which is why the introverts are all like, ah, maybe it's not a good thing because the extroverts run the show. Right, right, right. Oftentimes, right? Well, yeah. So that's a perceived, like, society is saying that. Not that an extra or an introvert is worse than or that Mm -hmm. there's even a score there. Right. But it's that, you know what, actually, like, I have to love the fact that I'm an introvert and, like, that that's okay. And that society is saying I need to change, not necessarily me. Yeah. And I definitely think with all of these, there are certain categories or personality traits or whatever you want to call them, right, that are seen as better mm-hmm. and some that are seen as worse in yeah. society in general. And and I think that's the whole point. Like, they're all bad and they're all good, mm-hmm. right? Like, all of them have things that you do really shitty and all of them have things that you do really well. Right. And they're not the same. And I think that that's really important. One of the other things I was thinking uh, as we're talking is, like, when you take these... And maybe you're reading the results and you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't think this is me. 
read the other ones and then see. Like, that's what happened with me with the four tendencies. Like, when I took the test, I came up very clearly one. But then I read the descriptions and I was like, I I don't think I'm that. Like, I think I'm the other. Mm. Right? And so I think that, too, like, just because you took a test online <laughs> doesn't necessarily yes. mean that that's, right, like, what you're locked into yeah. either. Right. And I think it's sort of exploring. You can also read the other types and be like, oh my gosh, that's what I want to be. I'm this right now, but I would love to strive for that. That's kind of what I like about the Enneagram is that it talks about when you're your best, this is what it's going to look like. And when you're your worst, this is what it's going to look like. And here are sort of the fears or the motivators that are going to push you either towards the best version of yourself or the worst version of yourself. And I sort of like that because... I don't know, I sort of read it and I was like, ooh, yeah, I've definitely been at that low point and there have definitely been points in my life where I've been at that high point and sort of being able to sit back and and think about or differentiate what was it that helped me be the yeah. best version of myself or what were the circumstances that made me not great or... Right. And that's, I mean, and that's the benefit of these things too is that they do all of them, right? All of the 16 personalities and whatever, they show you the strengths and the weaknesses. And so you can look and say like... Oh, okay. Like that is true. I am harsh or I do come across as insensitive or I am overly sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, like, I got to work on this then. Well, and to sort of bring it back to what we said earlier in, in doing this with someone else or in talking to someone else about it, you know, you might be like, shoot, am I really insensitive? And someone else can be like, well, well, I, I love you. Um, yes, (laughs) you, you are, here's an example, but like, you know, which is why I think it's important to do this with someone who, who you know cares about you because some of these things might not be the greatest, you right. know, or well, yeah. like even, yeah, I mean, people who know you are going to help you be the best version of yourself, which is why like our parents forced you to do certain things because <laughs> that level of introversion wasn't, wasn't good. Like right. it was debilitating. Right. And yeah. they wanted you to have these great experiences in life of, you know, autonomy and being able to like independently order <laughs> donuts somewhere yeah, but also yeah. being able to have that really fun experience with your friends at that birthday party and so they were going to force you to push yourself out of that comfort zone because it was good for you right yeah exactly and i think yeah you can learn from all of those things and still like i can still be an introvert and still hate the phone which i do um but know how to get rise above that if i yeah. need to right or no like okay like this thing is going to be hard for me, so either I need to find a different way to do it, or I'm going to need to ask for help, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it happens to be, right? That yeah. you, yeah, absolutely. No, that's funny. This is this is literally how I found my therapist. I had two that I was thinking of, like two that had been recommended to me, and I looked them both up. And one only would take phone calls, and the other one would take an email. And you're like Pfft. emailing. I was take like, phone calls. well, I'm guessing not seeing the woman who's only taking phone calls because I ain't calling her. That's hilarious. Um, And, like, thank God, right? Like, literally thank God that, like, because I'm so introverted, I ended up not wanting to make that phone call because I love my therapist now, right? And, like, thank goodness (laughs) for her. Yeah, for sure. And it worked out because I was introverted. Yeah. Right? And, and, yeah. So I think that's, you know, those things can be good, too. It's not that you have to always be, like, fighting your tendencies. Mm -mm. No, for sure not. You don't have to... Because I think that would be the same as, like 
ignoring your strengths or denying your weaknesses. Right. That's getting nobody anywhere. The best part is when you know yourself very well, because then you can play to that. You can play to your weaknesses and play to your strengths, and that's how you become the best version of yourself. You're like, oh, you know what? I have a tendency to be a rebel, and I need to sort of figure out how to navigate that through this new venue of my job or through this new relationship. And that sort of allows you to be the best version of yourself or to look at that tendency and be like, you know what? I have such a hard time being vulnerable. I'm going to... I'm. I'm going to put forth more effort in this relationship because I know that my tendency is to not do that. And I know that that's important in this context and right. I'm going to push myself. Yeah. That's playing to your weakness and, and building up a strength. Right. And I think too, especially when we look at like the professional world, mm. right, that we're in to really know ourselves well in these ways to then be able to say to the boss, like maybe, you know, like if, if, I don't know, when I was like director of marketing or whatever, if someone had come and been like, Hey, do you mind also helping fundraise? Mm. You would have said yes. I probably would have said yes, right? Because I don't like getting people hurt. <laughs> I don't like hurting people. Um, but at the same time, it's not one of my strengths, right? Like, I would not do a good job at sales in that sense. Right. Right. And so to be able to know myself, to be like, you know what? I, I will not serve you best in this way. Yeah. Have me on the other end and have me coming up with all the different people you should call in order to do that, right? right? Like, let me, like, ideaphoria is one of my big things from the Johnson O'Connor test that I took, right? And, mm -hmm. like, that's the ability to come up with, like, a million ideas. And I, so, and I always tell my bosses this now. Well, when I have bosses. Now I don't <laughs> anymore. But, like, like you, you need me to come up with a million ideas for how we can do something. I'm your girl. Yeah. I'll you need me it. to start making those phone calls. I am not. I, <laughs> I, I cannot do that for you. Right. Like, I mean, I can. I can, but I won't do it I as can. well. But like someone else can do this way better. Right. But I'm really good at coming up with ideas or yeah. I'm really good at, at spatialness. So like I could be really good at setting up the gym mm. for, you know, the open house or yeah. whatever, but I'm not going to be calling those potential families exactly. to convince them to come. Right. Well, and I think that this is so helpful in your personal relationships in your self growth and in your career development. Because, you know, as you said, maybe if you hadn't been that aware of that or hadn't been working on yourself and, and your tendencies, you would have taken that and then you would have been miserable right. and then they wouldn't have been happy with the job or you wouldn't have been satisfied because it's not your best work, you know, or even thinking about sort of, you know, the, the tendencies that I have in like sort of leadership or control or like where sort of... Um, like how something is run and organized and even, I mean, I, um, one of my jobs right now is, um, I would say lacking in organization. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's difficult, but at the same time, I know that that's going to frustrate me. So it frustrates me less right? because I don't give it as much power or control because I've already been like, you know what? that's really going to annoy me. Or when it does, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go take a walk. Right. I'm, I'm going to, because I cannot change this. And I know that this makes me angry and I know that I have a tendency to have control or to want to organize or to want to lead. And I do not have the opportunity to do that right now. And therefore I will adjust. And I think, yeah, like that can be so good for our own growth. I, this is making me think that, um, 
have these friends who we would go out like once a month or whatever and like make plans and we'd spend the whole day out and you know like the whole deal and I loved having a schedule and a plan and a lot of them didn't Mm. and I for months would get so frustrated and like pissed off in the midst of our day out together Mm. because like we weren't following the plan that we had done together like it's not that I had made this plan and not communicated it like we had decided it together but then whatever stuff happened or we decided to hike longer or whatever (laughs) and you know, after a couple months of this, I was like, okay, I'm someone who likes order. I'm someone who likes having that schedule and likes knowing kind of what's happening next and where we're going and like having that and like where we're going to dinner specifically. And I need to accept the fact that like, I need to, I need to just roll with the punches. I need to not have expectations. Right. So now I go and I have very little expectations for the whole thing. And for me, that's been so helpful because I'm like, okay, I can just enjoy being together and like, Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to starve. I'm not going to die. So it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) I am fine. I am safe. That's awesome. So um, this was part one of the personality types. Katie and I recommend that you, if you haven't already, you go take the four temperaments, Meyer Briggs, 16 personalities, the Enneagrams, and Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. Because next week, Katie and I are going to be breaking down how we scored on all of them, what it taught us, and... Yeah. What we like and what we don't like about it. Yeah, we're going to get specific about the four temperaments, your six, the 16 personalities, Enneagram, and the four tendencies. And then we, we recognize that there are other ones beyond these. These, are, I think, are sort of the, the heavy hitters, the big ones that everyone sort of talks about. Um, and so we sort of wanted to break them down for all of you, how we scored, and um, yeah. Yeah, so take your tests. And then tune in next week while we talk about ours, but I, but bring yours as well. And if you want to DM us um, or leave a comment on our Instagram um, or even email us and let us know what you are and kind of what you've learned from it, we're really intrigued to hear what our listeners are and yeah. where you guys rank on Absolutely. all of these kind of things. Uh, yeah. Tune in next week. Trust the process. And remember, we're thriving, not just surviving. Imperfectly yours. Katie. And Mona.